welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. What's going on, Fantasy Champs? We record both shows on the same day, so we have no updates for fantasy football. Uh, if, if something happens, we will scream it from the rooftops. Massive trades, anything really. Nothing happened during our show besides uh, last nope. one, besides Mr. Waller. Uh, and that wasn't even during the show as before. But anyway, mine is more Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. Pop and Rick. What's up? Today we are going to discuss our top 10 tight ends in fantasy football. Um, tight ends, probably one of the most boring positions because after like the top six or seven, it's just kind of like a wasteland of tight ends. And even I would say the top like it's really five or four yeah. uh and then it's a wasteland but um, i think you know maybe you could you can make an argument for maybe the top yeah no I, I'm probably top five <laughs> so it is measurable we'll go through uh we'll probably this will probably be our fastest ranking show just because the tight end position is measurable and all that good stuff but anyway before we jump into our 10 tight ends check our website fantasychampions.com follow us on twitter instagram facebook tiktok if, if you're listening on apple podcast spotify stitcher any other podcast platforms please leave a review share this pod with your friends if you're watching on youtube subscribe click the bell for notifications like and comment down below any questions you may have for us without further ado let's jump into the tight ends for fantasy football uh 2023 so um 10 is usually where, like, like I rank 30 on Fantasy Pros. Yep. Um, I would say 12 to 14 tight ends end up going in the draft. Um, and that's generous. That's really generous. So, like, your your list even should be, like, going into drafts. I would only, like, I only have 15 guys that I have available, like, on my board. Because I know... <laughs> realistically no one's drafting that many freaking tight ends right unless you're a premium league then go for it but um so you know the top 10 is definitely enough for you to get an idea of what the landscape looks like for us uh at the tight end position same thing with quarterbacks you know you're in a 10 or 10 to 12 team league like most of the time there's only 15 to 20 quarterbacks that end up getting taken um there was a team in our home league last year that had three quarterbacks rostered which, you know, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And then those who held Deshaun Watson the entire season. Yeah, for absolutely no purpose whatsoever for him to suck, which I find highly funny. But anyway, um, so we're going to talk about our top 10 tight ends, um, explain to you reasonings as to why they're there. Um, like I said, this should be a concise program um, because the list doesn't change. I literally looked at the consensus and I'm like, okay, where's everyone else ranking these guys? I started my own rankings. And I'm like, why am I agreeing with this? I'm like, I yeah. literally was going to leave the top six the same because I was like, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> it's like tight ends are the most agreed upon position in the history of positions in fantasy football. So uh, anyway, number one consensus overall has him number one uh, for expert consensus on fantasy pros. Um, our consensus has him one. Um, and Rick and I both individually have him ranked one, but it's Travis Kelsey. And I just don't know anymore. I, it's really not too much to say about we, Kelsey. We keep like he is turning, he's getting into Derrick Henry territory for me where I keep feeling every year. Like he's been in that point, territory. At, at some point he's going to collapse and that he's not going to be as good anymore. And it just like last year, I think we should have taken the, 
we should have taken the, okay, Tyreek Hill's gone. Maybe they'll just throw it to Travis Kelsey the whole friggin' season, which is what they did. And we should have just taken that for what it was. But, like, he is getting older, and, and things are not looking great for Travis Kelsey. Like, we'll keep saying year after year until Travis Kelsey is done to trade him in Dynasty because it's over. Like, it's going to be over soon, and it's going to happen. I mean, it's going to be over sooner than you feel like it's going to be over. And when it happens, you're not going to have a tight end and you're not going to have a first round pick that you can get in replacement form. So, um, I still think he's really good. I still think he'll probably be a top two at worst, top three tight end in fantasy football this year. And he's the safest bet to be the number one guy. I, my, my massive concern with this is that if you like drafting tight ends high, Kelsey is far, even for people who like to draft tight ends in the first three, four rounds, he's still mm. too much. He's like, he's going to end up a first round pick. And I know we're probably going to get burned next year telling people not to draft him one overall, but I, what can I say? I just can't do it with the tight end position. I have other positions I need to deal with first. Um, right. So <laughs> Kelsey, nothing really to say. He is the, he is the bona fide one Oh one, like at tight end, like he has to be going off the board as the first tight end. If he doesn't, I'd be stunned. Um, but just keep an eye out for the cliff. Yeah, the cliffs that I've been saying for two two years now. So <laughs> I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut. He is the clear tight end one, um, but I don't know for how much longer. Yeah, I would assume it's not much, but he he's still Travis Kelsey. He had a dominant year. He was head and shoulders above everybody else, and you just can't rank him anywhere else other than one for tight ends. Yeah. Um, number two, we have Mark, unless you have anything else on Kelsey, that was quick, no, quick and dirty no, Mark Andrews. Now this one's slightly more risky. Yeah. Um, Andrews is two. I have him three. I Rick has didn't him want to even put him at two, but I have him at three. Rick has him at two. And I, I, I originally had him at two as well. I think we're both operating under the consum the consumption, under the assumption that, Lamar will be back. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. So uh, we're, we're both operating under the assumption think, yeah. that uh, Lamar Jackson will be back. And I think, it, you know, if and when that happens, um, that obviously means really good things for Mark Andrews. It doesn't look like the Ravens are really in on making a massive move for wide receiver. Um you know, there's been talk about the Ravens just because they don't have a good receiver room, but they've been one of those teams with the Patriots that just don't care about their quarterback. So, um, I would say, you know, Andrews being an elite tight end for them, um, like he's going to get targeted out the wazoo. He's going to get a million targets. He's going to produce, he's going to be that guy. And Andrews will be fine for fantasy football. Uh, if they don't have Lamar, then these rankings will change significantly. But like I said, this is under the assumption that Lamar is going to be there. He is the second best tight end or third best tight end in fantasy football for me. He's definitely in the top three. And I don't think there's anyone else that I would put in the top three outside of that dude, one other guy. Yeah. And you know, when I was looking back at Mark Andrews' numbers, um, he, he obviously had this point year finishes the tight end four in terms of points per game. He wasn't up there. But if you go look at his individual stats with Lamar versus without Lamar, mm -hmm. um, it was a big difference. He still had some bad games with Lamar. Um, he was just inconsistent. But he also had some monster games. He had 25, 28, 22, 23. Um, a couple decent ones, 12 and 11. 
And then when Lamar got hurt, it was three, it was six, it was seven. Uh, he had one good game with 19, and then he had nine. So he had a lot of worse games with Lamar. I think with Lamar in there, he's still inconsistent, but you know he's still going to put up massive numbers. And I think he's probably the second best tight end with Lamar Jackson in there. But with Lamar gone, potentially, um, there's huge question marks with Andrews, and he'd probably fall in my rankings. Um, yeah. But with the assumption that Lamar stays, I think I still got to put him at number two. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, number three is TJ Hawkinson's. The Hawk. The Hawk. My guy. Uh so both of these guys, I would say, were uh, close. Rick has to Hawkinson slightly lower uh, at four. I have Hawk two, so he was pushed into this third slot. Yes, um, <laughs> by, my, by my high ranking of him. Um, Hawkinson's ridiculous, and I don't mean from like he's good from a receiving perspective and a blocking perspective. I don't know what it is, but the dude can get open. And uh, they just they just like to throw it to him. Kirk Cousins just target ported him at the second half of the season last year, when he went and played for the freaking Minnesota Vikings. Um, and I like Rick was talking about how he didn't think it was a good addition, like not that it wasn't a good addition for the Vikings, but that he wasn't going to get um, like more opportunity that his best shot. Yeah, I thought it was going to be Lions. the same. And um, and so he ended up getting more opportunity. Now, I don't know if mm-hmm. this changes because I will say from an efficiency perspective, it didn't look good, like <laughs> the targets that he was getting sometimes. But um, when he got traded to Minnesota, prior to him getting traded to Minnesota, um, he had he was pacing out at 104 targets, 63 catches with Detroit. After he got traded to Minnesota, he was then pacing at a total of um, 146 targets and 102 catches. Five touchdowns, 882 yards. So the efficiency, like I said, receive receptions wise, not amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd like to see him catching a thousand thousand yards there, but in PPR leagues, that's really really good because it, sure. it puts him over the 200 mark at you know the uh, between receptions, just receptions and yards it puts him over you know the almost over the 200 mark um of fantasy points which is huge at the at the tight end position you know what i mean like wide receiver 12s and 13s do that in half ppr and ppr leagues so you know what i mean you want to see that from tj hawkinson and then he had the five touchdown catches so to me i think the only reason why i put him slightly over mark andrews is because i do think that the vikings are a pass first offense and if they get hawk right. the ball in a slightly more efficient way and he still catches 90 passes um he'll make up for that he catches a bunch of touchdowns it changes the it changes the dynamic like significantly so um, I think there's a chance he could be tight end two on the year, but he's definitely in the top three. I think there's a tear drop after this, but um, very, very good player in TJ Hawkinson. Rank him number two. He is number three on consensus. So you, you think there's a tear drop after TJ Hawkinson for you? Yes. After number three? Yep. Or number two, because you have him at number two. Or do you think there's one more? I guess not because you have somebody. Anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, about... Rick, no, I have like a tear yeah. drop. Teardrop yeah. after this. All right. So for me, um, I still like Hawk. I think he's in that 
to after me, it's Mark the, Andrews, there's a teardrop is what I meant to say. If that's okay, so you. for me, I have one more guy in that tier. I have four guys. I think the top four for me are, is maybe Kelsey's in his own tier, and then two, three, four is a uh-huh. tier. Um, but yeah, I think I think the Hawk is still in that tier. He's great points per game. Mm-hmm. I think he generated a large target share with Minnesota. He was definitely better at Minnesota than I thought he would. He would be. He was the number two option uh, in the passing game, and that is a team that throws the ball a lot um in a good offense uh they did cut thing i wonder if they're going to get a receiver to replace him and yeah. that how that might potentially affect talk but mm-hmm. either way he'll still be good um he had games especially at the end of the year with 16 targets and thir- and 12 targets mm-hmm. uh he was getting like 9 10 targets some weeks um so he was really solid with minnesota um and again was ppr machine he was just getting like 10 face points 11 face points yeah. 15 face points like every single week and then he had one explosion with 35. Um, but he was just consistently solid. Um, but yeah, I don't know. With, with Hawk, I just, with Kirk Cousins and Minnesota, and I feel like they're going to add a receiver. Like, there's just, I don't know. I don't think he's he's going to be that number one tight end. Like, I don't think he's going to be a Travis Kelsey type player mm-hmm. um, as long as Kirk Cousins is his quarterback. That, that kind of scares me. And Justin Jefferson is there. Like, Justin Jefferson is the guy in that offense well it doesn't matter in terms of he'll be good just join the train it's time to join the train right now well i have him in like two dynasties that's fair enough so i like him he's top top four tight end for me yeah but um i just have these other guys a little high yeah yeah um i it's definitely okay to be speculative on that um, but like i said you know if kirk cousins is gonna throw it 300 to 400 times a year yeah then Somebody's got to get the ball. Oh, absolutely. And like, even if they draft a guy, like that guy's probably not going to get the same target share and production that Adam Thielen got year one. So at this point, and they're trading Delvin cook. So it's like, I think they're trading Delvin Mm -hmm. cook. So like, if that does happen, like it just kind of opens things up a little bit more for Hawk in terms of target share more than he was already paced out to, which is crazy. So PPR leagues, I like this out a lot, but anyway, um, number four on our consensus is George Kittle. Rick puts George Kittle in that conversation. Uh, he has him three where mm-hmm. there's a teardrop after that, or, or maybe like tier two is, is Andrews Kittle Hawkinson. I have Kittle five. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit lower. I have one guy higher than him, which we'll get to. Um, but quickly on George Kittle to me, it's injuries and not knowing who the frigging quarterback is. And it's like, he's been great with no matter who the quarterback is. He, he's always really good for fantasy football, but mm-hmm. it's clear that he's not in that top three in to me, at least it, not in that top three of tight ends. Um, there are other guys that I'd rather have over him. And I think that in this like sense, like the amount of injuries that this guy deals with, sure. Is it worth having him on your team at this point? You know what I mean? Like if you're going to have to deal with not just a bye week at tight end, but also several injuries at tight end, like, I just don't know if I can buy into that. So, um, I don't dislike George Kittle, never had him on a fantasy team in my entire life, but, um, I do think that, you know, looking at him from, you know, an external perspective, like I, I just don't know that he can stay on the field long enough. And like, even when he's on the field, he produces good, but mm-hmm. he's not like, he doesn't produce the elite numbers. You know what I mean? That you would see out of like, you know, we've seen him do it in the past to produce like George Kittle or, I mean, um, to produce like Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, but just the last couple of years, he's gotten older and he's, he's definitely prone to injury. So 
that's kind of why I have him lower. He could move up, but I, there's just a lot of crap surrounding the 49ers <laughs> right now. And like one, sure. one, one quarterback has a shoulder injury. The other quarterback <laughs> broke his leg. I don't even know if they have a third quarterback. Sam Darnold. Sam Sammy D. They just signed. So like I, I don't I don't know. We don't. No one knows. Yeah. So I get that. I get the argument with the quarterback and his injury history. But to me, I've I mean I've always been higher on Kittle. I feel like than you. But I when you say like he doesn't put up that kind of high numbers as he used to, I disagree. In, in terms of points per game, he was second last year. And he did have an injury in the beginning of the year, but he only missed two games. He missed the first two games of the season. And then when he came back healthy, he was a monster, um, especially at the end of the year. And the thing with Kittle that I think is is different, he's inconsistent like Andrews, but just like Andrews, he can win you leagues and he can win you weeks um, because he'll put up in the, like this, I mean, this season, for example. He points than Taysom Hill. Four more points. Oh, that's in standard. Hold on. Let me let me change my my rankings here. All right. Hawkins in in the fantasy playoffs last year, do you know what he did? Oh no, he was great. Twenty five points, mm-hmm. thirty points, and then twelve in the championship. So he might have, you know, that's okay. He but the twenty five thirty might have got you to the championship. Um, yeah. He still finished as the tight end three despite missing two games. Um, the all year I'm before hearing, that, all I'm he hearing missed, you say is he's due. <laughs> He's the year before that he missed three games it was still the tight end four yeah. um and then uh 2020 he missed half the season 2019 he missed three games again so the injuries like... are real but he finishes the tight end two missing so I was three gonna, games like this is my thing though is that i'm just looking at it like like the reason why i have him ranked fifth is in that conversation of like how often are you in a situation with George Kittle where you like tight end is such a hard like if my running back misses four games, I can come up with a contingency plan, even for the running back position. Wide receiver, same deal. Quarterback even, same deal. Tight end, if if the guy gets hurt and misses four to five weeks, right? We were all mm-hmm. talking about this all season. George Kittle was was doing good. He was okay. And then he missed some time. And like I, I kept on saying something. I remember early in the, or at some point in the season, just saying like, "Oh, the people of George Kittle aren't in the playoffs." And when he started going off in the playoffs, people were like, "Yeah, the guy who has George Kittle probably isn't in the playoffs at this point." Then he goes in the playoffs. He goes off a couple weeks, which is great for your fantasy team, and he does have that ability. It's just, can he get you there? Is he going to be yeah consistent? But for me, see, I look at it different. I'm like, if I can have a good team. I can figure it out at tight end good enough. And then when Kittle's out there yeah. and getting me 25 points, I'm winning the championship. But see, then you have the sticker cost because he's, his name is there. People, yeah. people like yourself love George Kittle. You know, you'll be more reasonable about it, but people can hype Kittle up into the second, I mean, into the third, fourth rounds and they'll draft him there. And then it's like, okay, well you, you're, you're talking about developing a really great team and you had to draft Kittle in the fourth round. Yeah, I think you're drafting, but to me, like he's in the same level as like Mark Andrews, and you're drafting Mark Andrews in like the second round. That's just how people value tight ends. Um, and then with the quarterback situation, I I get that, but to me, Kittle was pretty much good with Garoppolo. He was good with Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be fine with whoever's their quarterback, unless Trey Lance is, and he really actually sucks. Yeah, and Trey Lance has to be really bad. <laughs> then <laughs> you know we have some concern. But if Brock Purdy's the quarterback. Like he was putting up those huge numbers with him. Yeah. 
And if Sam Donald's a quarterback, to be totally honest with you, I think Sam Donald's probably just as good as Brock Purdy. <laughs> He'll probably put up decent numbers yeah, in the yeah, 49ers offense. So I think I think Quick Kittle will be fine no matter who the quarterback is. Um, it's more just staying healthy, he's which I top, understand. He's still top five for me. But I just think the... I'm surprised you have him at five instead of four. I'm surprised you have that one guy that I guess we'll talk about now. Yeah, Kyle Pitts, fifth on consensus. I have him four. Rick has him. Uh, he has him six. Yeah, I. I, thought I do I was this because be Kyle Pitts, Pitts is is it? This is this is the year, dude. That's what I've been saying for weeks, and you're like, nah. What you're talking about? And I now think... I have him ranked six, and you have him ranked four. What's going on? I did not say that. I've been saying it for years. This is what I've been waiting for, okay? It takes a tight end a couple of years to get used to the NFL and develop. Yeah. In on Kyle Pitts. What can I say? Number four. There's no you know reasoning. What? Okay. <laughs> I've been all in on Pitts all offseason. I've been saying I'm going to draft him. The offseason's been three months, out. kid. I'm all in. All this stuff. I don't care. I've been saying it since last year that I'd be in on Kyle Pitts this year. Well, they're going to go into the year with Desmond Ritter as their quarterback. Or T- Taylor Heineke. Do you really want that in a in a run-first offense? I like Kyle Pitts, and I'll still draft him. But, like, I'm not taking him over the top five guys. Or at least the top four. You can make that argument about I'm it. I'm taking Kyle Pitts. I'm not taking him over George Kittle. I'm not doing it. If he's on the board with George Kittle in the fourth round and I'm drafting tight end no matter what, I'm taking George Kittle. If he's on the board with TJ Hawkinson, I'm taking TJ Hawkinson. If he's on the board with Mark Andrews, I'm taking Mark Andrews. You know, I, I, I as much as I love Kyle Pitts, I yeah. think it's because he's going to fall in drafts. You know, and that's yeah, one of the appeals I mean, for him. But me, if he ends me, up think, being think, in the fourth round again, I'm just I don't know. I I think for Kyle Pitts, it's it's um to me i think it's it's obviously the talent there and i think that like he's going into year 3 and i know ritter is is not the best but i think he's better than what they started with last year at least slightly um and i think i, I think that they'll go into the season they're they're still going to be playing from behind i know they like to run the ball but they'll get Kyle Pitts the ball and i think it's enough for me to draft him as a breakout, which is specifically why I have him ranked high so that you will draft him as a breakout. Um, but I mean, I totally get saying George Kittle over him. You know what I mean? You're just choosing the, I'm, I'm choosing the young talented. Yeah. And I think Pitts, like if they had a quarterback, I think Pitts could have the potential to be the new Travis Kelsey. Like, I think he's got that potential to be the number one tight end year in and year out. I just the Falcons' offense just scares me. It scares me so much, and we saw what Kyle Pitts did this past year with that Falcons' offense. So I'm I'm just a little concerned there. And I and this is coming from a guy who's in on Pitts this year. I want to draft him, but again, if if the part of the appeal is that he's going to fall in drafts and he's going to be there in the mid rounds, mid to later rounds, if he's there in the fourth round, it takes away half the appeal for him, for me. And yes, could he have a breakout year and improve? Absolutely, but I think his his ceiling will be limited due to the quarterback play That's in that I mean. offense in Atlanta. I get it. I probably shouldn't be buying in on bad offenses, but I'm 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 making an exception for. But what have we learned? I, I know. Um, all right, quickly on the last five here because I got to scoot. Um, okay. Number six is uh, Dallas Goddard. 
Philadelphia mm. Eagles uh, was very good this year. Um, he was, I believe, tight end. He was tight end. Uh, he was tight end twelve, but he missed. Yeah, he missed some time. Five he, games. He was averaging um eleven point eight points. He per was game, tight end five in points would, per game, which would put him in the top five in fantasy football in terms of points per game. Mm-hmm. So, um, he was really good. I I think with Philadelphia and how efficient their offense was, if he had played the whole season, he was gonna be really good. But he will always take a slight back seat to AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, um, in the run game. So, um. I think, you know, Goddard's really good and he can be a consistent week to week, like seven, eight points that you can stick in your lineup and know, okay, I'm not going to get a complete burger from this guy uh, most of the time. But there's also going to be situations where he just, you know, isn't good on particular weeks. So that's the risky run. But I think that's why he's six on my list. I think there is potential that mm-hmm. if, you know, he does get the ball more uh, efficiently or something changes offensively for the Eagles slightly that he could move up. Um and go into like the top you know five or something like that next year in fantasy football. But I think as of right now, I think six seven is probably a safe bet. Um, good draft pick, hopefully in the later rounds. But I do think that people have a little bit of an obsession with Dallas Goddard, so six is fine for me. Yeah, and I get that. I and he's somebody who I could you know depending on what the Falcons do, I could move Pitts ahead of him, but. I think Goddard's a safe tight end. He's very solid. I, I think, you know, I, I know there's a group of people that are in love with him, and I'm not there, but he is very consistent, gets you double-digit fantasy points a week. Um, and he was fifth last year in points per game, and he wasn't too, too far off from Kittle and Hawk. So yeah. um, I just think he's like a solid tight end, and if you, if you miss out on the top guys mm-hmm. and you draft him, you should feel pretty good about having a guy who can get you like 12 to 15 points a week. This is one of my other breakout guys that I'm slightly less um, enamored with, but still really, really good. Um, is Pat Fryermuth. So I have Muth, I have Muth actually six ahead of Goddard. I don't know what the Steelers' offense is going to look like, and maybe I should have Dallas Goddard ranked six. But mm-hmm. Pat Fryermuth has been ridiculously good. He's a freaking target horde in the red zone. Like they love to get him the ball there. And um and he was he was decent last year in the time that he was given. Um I believe he 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 had He was tight end eight. He was tight end eight, uh seven or eight. So this this list has seven through eighteen weeks. But anyway, he had average ten points per game. Um and I think a lot of um if I'm I'm gonna take a guess because I don't have my, his numbers in front of me, but I feel like a lot of it came from touchdowns. Um Yeah, but it was actually not. He only had two touchdowns. Okay, all right. I like it even better. Um so but Muth clearly is a guy for for any quarterback on that team to be a like dump off, you know what I mean? And, and to be somebody that they can get the ball to in, you know, in situations where they need a first down because they have Deontay who is hit or miss sometimes. And they, they have George Pickens who, you know, still young and figuring it out a little bit, but fire seems to be that one guy that's really good. And no one talks about like the year he came in with Kyle Pitts. Everyone was on Kyle Pitts, like Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts. Pat (laughs) fire has actually been good. Yeah. Like he's actually put up numbers where he's been successful, whereas Kyle Pitts has not. So like Muth is a great guy to have. And I think he's one of those sneaky, like later round tight ends. Pitts had a good rookie year. Yeah. He just had one touchdown. He had, he had, uh, he finished as the tight end six as a rookie. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I think Muth can do uh, some really good things if they get him the ball a little bit more and funnel it to him. He did miss two games on the year, so he probably would have finished 
you know, as a possibly a top five guy if he um, if he played the whole season. But we'll have to see on that. I do like Muth this year. He's going to be a late round guy for me. Um, I'm sticking with that. I have him six. Yeah, I I like Muth too. I have him at seven. Um, I do like. I agree with you with the, the low touchdown mark. I think that is going up next year. It's usually a good indicator if a tight end has a very low, especially a tight end that gets a lot of targets has a low touchdown rate probably going to change we saw that with Cole Komet this past year um and it's hard to predict touchdowns but yeah two is a low number so you would think he gets at least a little bit more than that especially since he had seven as a rookie right um but the Steelers are not super appealing and he's still like the third option in that offense with Kenny Pickett yeah so it's a matter of like how good is Kenny Pickett gonna be how good are the Steelers gonna be passing wise um those are a couple questions but he's still solid um, cause even if they're, again, what they were last year, he was what tight end seven or eight. So, mm-hmm. um, he's still going to provide a solid PPR floor, have some good weeks, have some bad weeks. Yeah. Um, but he, he did have 98 targets last year. So, yeah. um, he's still going to have that high, relatively high target share, yeah. even if Pickett doesn't have a great year. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't mind the moves at all. And I think he's a solid later round draft pick or middle yeah. Fair enough. Delayed around draft pick if you miss on the tight ends. Uh, number eight is Darren Waller. I have him nine. Rick has him eight. So eight, not a bad spot for my. Actually, might him move move him up over the guy that I have in front of. Yeah, him. Do you so like him now on the Giants more uh, or less? No, I, I, the reason why I have him nine right now is because he did get traded to the Giants. Now it was for a okay. third round pick, so you could argue that that's a high enough draft capital for them to be like, okay, we're gonna funnel this guy the ball. Sure. Um, and but in the past we've seen like like Evan Ingram was on the Giants for quite a while and he had Daniel Jones as his quarterback and he sucked and then this year he goes and gets a real passing quarterback in the name by the name of Trevor freaking Lawrence and um, he has a good year so um, to me I, I think Waller going to the Giants like he's obviously going to improve the passing game and he'll probably put up good numbers at the tight end position but I have him ranked nine because I. I just don't think that Daniel Jones is going to find passing ability randomly. Like he's going into year five and last year he only threw what? 3000 yards or something somewhere around that and 15 touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he year. was throwing to like Isaiah Hodge and I know, but like what, what is <laughs> weapons going slightly. to add to him? Like five touchdowns. Like he's not. Yeah. He's not. He, that's <laughs> not elite. <laughs> no, he's not going to throw 30 touchdowns right. at 5,000 so, but, yards. But that but to me, throws... that to me caps Darren Waller. So, um, I, I don't mind it to the Giants, but I think it would be better with because you know when when we, when I heard about Jimmy G to the Raiders, I was like, okay, he throws to George Kittle all the time. Mm. Now they don't have that, so I, I I'll stick him at nine until somebody convinces me otherwise. Yeah, I actually like Waller more on the Giants um, than I do the Raiders. Mm-hmm. The Raiders to me, Garoppolo, he does so to tight ends, but there's just so many weapons there. They added Myers, they had Adams, they had Renfro. I was like, it's just a cluster. I don't really see um, him having a big year with Garoppolo and all those weapons. Now with the Giants, I feel like as of today, I think they'll add receivers, but he's their number one receiving option on that team. Yeah. Um, and I know Daniel Jones isn't great, but with a, with a weapon, he could do okay. I think, you know, his ceiling is obviously capped. Like I said, he's not throwing 35 touchdowns and four, uh, 5,000 yards yeah. like Burrow or Herbert. He's not having anything close to that. Mm-hmm. But I think he could do what Derek Carr did. I 
Um, Derek Carr was the guy who threw like 4,000 yards and 22 touchdowns. Last year, he had 24 touchdowns and 3,500 yards in 15 games. Yeah. I think Daniel Jones can do that. Yeah. Um, so to me, I think it's fine, and he's going to be the number one option. I, I don't mind it for a while. I mean, there's obviously question marks because of Daniel Jones, because of the Giants, because of Darren Waller, Waller's age yeah. and his previous production. So that's why I have him at eight. But he's somebody who I actually might end up with in some drafts. If he if he's, you know, falling in drafts because of his production last year and his age and all that, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him in the later rounds. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's not like I I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him in the later rounds either, especially if if he's not like if he is available there. But I still think he carries the name value. You know what I mean? So like, sure, I mean, yeah, we could see like I like I said, I thought with the Raiders he might actually have uh, you know a situation where um like he could actually ascend back into that conversation of being a top tight end in fantasy football. But I just don't know if he can do it with you know. I don't know if he can do it with a team like the Giants. And I, I think the Giants are one of the teams that could be one of the biggest frauds <laughs> in like all the Oh yeah. I mean I don't deny year. that. Coming into this year, um But Waller with Dayball? I kinda like that. And the number one option. He's he's arguably the he no, not even not even arguably. We gotta move on. He's the best receiver right now. We gotta move on. This is the best. This is the this is our most argumentative ranking show, and I have to cut it off soon because I got to do a friggin' dive yeah. and everyone. Uh, but anyway, let's move on to the next guy. Agree to disagree on Darren Wall, and we're talking about one ranking. <laughs> I know one spot. Uh, number nine consensus: Evan Ingram. I have Ingram eight. You have Ingram uh, twelve. Twelve. Tell me why. Tell me why. Um. I, I like Evan Ingram. I think he uh, he fills his role pretty good. Um, for And he was the tight end five, so he had a really good year. Um, I just think he's going to take a back seat this year. I think it's Christian Kirk. I think with Calvin Ridley, too, he's going to demand, like, I mean, we, we get to this later, much later in the offseason, but when we get to July, August, and we do our, um, mm-hmm. uh, our projections, I think we're going to see um, – a big cut in Evan Ingram's targets um, because I think Calvin Ridley is going to demand like 140, 150 targets uh, with Christian Kirk still there. I don't think he's going to take a huge drop. I think the guys that take a drop is Zay Jones and Evan Ingram. So I still like Evan Ingram. I think like for real football, he's a great, he fit, he, he does his role perfectly for the Jaguars. He'll still have big games as well. Um, but I just think there's a kind of the opposite of Waller. I think there's a decrease um, an opportunity there with the Jaguars, but I might end up moving him up, especially with my Trevor Lawrence MVP hot takes. I'm going to have to have him moved up a little bit. So he might end up being higher than 12, but I don't think he's going to have like the year he had last year. Yeah. I don't think you'll have the year he had last year, but he is, um, he did have a, he was really, 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 really good in the time that he mm-hmm. had, um, last year with Jacksonville. So, um, and I must like, they, they franchised him, right? Did they franchise him or re-sign or him? I don't know. Him? I don't know. Um, but I do think, like, I think Calvin Ridley could eat into the target share, but I think Calvin Ridley will more eat into the target share of guys like Zay Jones mm-hmm. and and possibly Christian Kirk as opposed to Evan Engram because what Engram does is a little bit different than what they do. So 
I think that Ingram probably won't be hurt. I think what he did last year is probably the ceiling of what Evan Ingram can do. But he's still like a good little uh, tight end to have on your team and not a bad player. So like I have him ranked eighth because I think he's consistent and he'll produce. You know what I mean? Like he's just kind of a gross fair what like and I might even put Waller ahead of him if I change my mind a little bit, but um those guys are so friggin' even to me, it's unbelievable. But Evan Ingram's just like your run of the mill tight end. When you get this far down, it's just it's t- it's tough. It's tough to look at. Yeah. I probably I'm actually gonna switch it right now. I'm gonna put him at eleven. Okay. Um David Njoku is number ten on our consensus. I have him eleven. Rick, you have David Njoku nine. So are you were yep. clearly higher on the, the Browns than I am in the last two programs. But <laughs> give me your final thoughts here on David Njoku. Well, if I'm gonna have Watson higher, that means the passing game has to do well, and it's not all going to be Cooper. And Joku's the second option there. And he actually had some really good games this year. Um, I know he he finished as the tight end 11, but he missed some games. I think he was in the top. Yeah, he was, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Yeah, so he was eighth in points per game, um, which is pretty solid. Uh, and I know he was inconsistent with Deshaun Watson, but he still had a good game or two with Deshaun Watson. Um, that week 14 game, he had a good game, um, where they played the Steelers the week 14 game against the Bengals. He had a great game with Deshaun Watson. Uh, th- I think the game against Tampa, I-, I think Deshaun Watson played in that game as well. It might've been Percet actually, but, mm-hmm. um, either way he had some really solid games there. Um, again, he's the clear number two option. I think he's a really good player, underrated player because he was playing kind of in the shadows of, um, who was the tight end they had? Austin Hooper. Yeah. Um, for a little bit. And now that he's the main tight end, he's kind of showing what he is capable of. He just had Jacoby Brissett quarterback. So, um, and he still had a good year. He, like I said, tight end eight and points per game. Um, and it, it's more about the Deshaun Watson thing, right? So if you expect Deshaun Watson to take a jump and play better and have a good season, then I think it's going to correlate with uh, David and Joku having a good season. Yeah. But again, I think tight ends at this point, like when we're talking that 9, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 range for tight ends, it's kind of all dark throws. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. It's it's kind of it kind of gets tough at this point because it's like, you know, um, you just don't know who's going to be good or bad. Like I honestly, some of these guys that we have ranked here, I would ha- I, I'd honestly rather have um, like Cole Komet. Yeah, and that right, and those guys that I have ranked lower, but like, I'd probably draft Cole Komet because he's gonna go later, you know. Yeah. Although Komet, I don't know because now there's a lot of receivers there. That's true. Well, I mean, hey, no, that just opens things up. I swear. Yeah, Fields wins MVP. Well, there you go. There you go. All of our tight end rankings: Kelsey, Andrews, Hawk, George Kittle, Kyle Pitts, uh, Dallas Goddard, Pat Fryermuth, Darren Waller, Evan Ingram, David Njoku, the like. Your tight ends. There are your rankings early. We'll do another set of rankings show. We got some good stuff coming next week. Be sure to listen to that. And uh, we'll talk to you later, guys. Bye. See you. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions Podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.